Well, good morning. Uh, like I, Asher said, my name is Blair Hall, and if I had a, haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I would love to uh, talk to you, talk with you sometime uh, throughout the week. Uh, but Emily and I, we are so grateful to be here at Cross Point Church. Uh, we've been grateful for the care and discipleship of this church, and we uh, feel that we've been welcomed well into this family. Uh, so thank you for welcoming us, welcoming us here already, as you have done now, um, even in these few months. Uh, that we've been here. Uh, But today I have been given the task to kind of tie the bow on the series that we've been walking through uh, these past few weeks. I know, right? No pressure, right? Um, My first one up, I'm supposed to conclude a sermon series. Um, But uh, Asher, in his goodness to me, uh, thought this was best to bring me forward. But uh, in this series, uh, to kind of review what we've been going through, Asher has been helping us to see uh, through a lens by which we are able to understand and even approach the Bible. Uh, and in these questions that we've been looking at over these last few weeks, we've looked deeply through the Scriptures, looking at a systematic idea of how the Bible is presented to us in its glorious light, and answering questions like, do we need Christ? Can we have Christ? What has Christ accomplished and will he hold us? Well, friends, today I hope hope to see and show you a glimpse of what we have in Christ by asking the question for us today, will he keep us forever? Will Christ keep us forever? And if you're taking notes, uh, this will serve well for you as the main theme of our sermon today. Uh, What I hope to allow you to answer this question, uh, and this is the main idea that we're going to see, is that what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, he will surely see it through to the end. What God has done for us in Christ Jesus, he will surely see it through to the end. Now, this point and emphasis of the passage is to give us a hope for the future, a hope for the future that we will endure. And this is not a wishful hope uh, that so often we confuse in our faith that uh, we mustn't think that we are wishfully thinking of hoping. No, this is a confident hope, a hope that does not go away, a hope that endures till the end. So today, uh, my task for you is to show you the overwhelming power of God's love to save and secure his people through his enduring love I hope to leave you today more confident in the saving power of Christ Jesus than when you first walked in here this morning. So Christian, as you hear the redemptive love of God in these words today, let them swell over you with great confidence that not only is our God in heaven able to save you by his outstretched arm, but he will keep you by his unending grasp that will never let go. This is my hope that would give you confidence as you go about your week. We are going to see this play out in a series of three different points, and you'll see them in your bulletin provided. But each one of these are building on the other. Notice there the first point on the outline provided for you in the back of your bulletin, that we should trust what God has done. Trust what God has done for us. Let's look here in our chapter, uh, chapter 5, starting in verse 8. It says this, But God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
two words, but God. Two of the most magnificent words that we see throughout the Bible, but God. But God here is actually contrasting all that we have seen and heard about ourselves in the passage leading up to this. Um, We saw this last week as Azure helped us to see the richness of his mercy toward us who were dead in our trespasses and sins. From Ephesians chapter 2. When God's judgment was being poured out on the earth through the great waters, the great flood waters in Noah's day, what did God have to say? But God remembered Noah and the waters then subsided. Paul, as he was planning uh, the church at Corinth, uh, he planted the gospel and yet Apollos watered, nurturing it into people uh, that the people might grow in the Lord. And what do we see? But God has made it grow. As Joseph speaks to his betraying brothers in Egypt who sold him into slavery, he graciously says to them, you have meant evil against me, but God has meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive. Anytime that we see the contrast wording of but God in the scriptures, it's usually stacking up against the overwhelming odds that we have against us. And yet, the purpose for this this is to show us Only God can do what we are powerless to do on our own. Only God can do what we are powerless to do on our own. And that's exactly why this but God is here in our passage today. But notice that while we were yet still sinners, and even more over in the verses before this in verse chapter six, uh, verse six, earlier it says, while we were still weak and ungodly, He shows us our desperation, showing us our need for Christ, and in fact, our inability to save ourselves. But God here in verse 8 draws our attention to the God by by making him the subject. We see this in our passage today in verse 8. God is the one who initiates in salvation. If we are rightly to see the redemptive purposes of God, We must always remember how salvation was brought to us while we were yet still sinners. God gave up his only son so that sinners would be saved. Paul's intention here is to strengthen the trust of the church. This is why he's writing to uh, the Romans, the the church at Rome. This this message, this, this passage is meant to bring confidence to those who were recognizing themselves to be sinners. Perhaps you in this gathering today have recognized your need for which you are a sinner. My hope is that in giving this, it gives the church assurance that Christ died for them. So rest in the Lord, all you sinners, for what comfort we have in Christ. It's only through the love of God that which Christ came into the world, because of the love of God, Christ willingly gave up his life for us on the cross. All of this was done while we were yet sinners, as we have said. Christ died for us. Where there was no way, Christ made a way. Where we were once far off, God has brought us near. Where we had no hope, Christ became our hope. Salvation came into the world by the blood of Christ, and only by the blood of Christ are sinners saved. Therefore, God, initiating grace to us in salvation, was brought to us through the sacrificial death of Christ. Therefore, um, 
Because of this, if you have not experienced the saving love of God in Christ Jesus, I want you to consider this. I want you to consider if perfection is the standard of God that we've seen in his word, to live a life that is without sin, has your life proved lacking? Has your life proved lacking? And yet, my friend, the answer for all of us here today is yes. All of our lives have lacked according to God's good and gracious standard. All peoples have missed the mark of perfection. That's what sin is. Sin remains on all of us. Yet, believe on the Lord Jesus and be saved through faith. The Bible tells us if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved Let us trust in what God has done for us through the work of his son, Jesus. But now, as we make this shift, for many of us here today, we have have seen the depth of our sin. We have heard the good news of Christ and have trusted in the Lord by faith. We know and understand that Christ Jesus has saved us from sin. He has justified us by his blood, making us right in the eyes of God. Friends, I hope that's you today. But oh, Christian, oh, to know the glories of Christ that we have been given in salvation. Having been saved from our sin is just the beginning of the glories that we have in Christ. Today, I want us to see that there is much more that we have received in Christ Jesus. Not only has God saved us from our sins, but he has saved us unto glory. Not only has God initiated salvation in the death of Jesus, but he will surely bring it into completion on that final day of our redemption. If Christ has given his life for sinners, what will stop him from delivering us until glory? Which brings us to our second point. We will spend most of our time here today. Our second point, we can be confident in what God will do for us in the future. Confident in what he will do. But as we kind of walk through this second point, I want to bring up a few things. As we walk through this section, I want to narrow in on two observations uh, that we might build our confidence now and forever. As you walk out of here today, remember these two uh, observations and let them give you confidence in the saving work of Christ. But let me first get us to see these building, plot, building blocks on which this great confidence rests upon. Picking it up in verse 9, I want to read to you. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now, now that you have been reconciled shall we be saved by his life. Two great doctrines are actually mentioned here in our passage. There in verse 9 and again in verse 10, we see our justification and our reconciliation. Now, each of these are actually expound on the glories that we have received in Christ Jesus. In fact, we would do well to walk through these systematically, where we could spend hours over just the glories and perfections of what Christ has done for us in our justification and in our reconciliation. But... Because of Christ's blood that has been shed for us on the cross, believers have been justified in Christ, and moreover, they will be reconciled or have been reconciled 
to God through himself. God through the inspir- I'm sorry, Paul through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is declaring those Christ in Christ legally free and yet relationally restored. Meaning there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We have been declared free in the eyes of God as if God were to look on us just as we uh, as as he is to look on us as if we had never sinned, just as if you had never sinned, believer. That's how God sees you in your struggling and striving perfection. This is what it means to be justified by faith in Christ Jesus. But not only are the guilty cleared in Christ Jesus, believers are now restored to God through the blood of Christ. There is no more barrier between us and God, and yet there is no more separation because of our sin, Christian. Two beautiful truths, and yet there is so much more that we have been given in Christ Jesus. The much more statements that we actually see in our passage in verse 9 and 8 are actually going to be the statements of this passage that's going to serve us as our guide today, specifically here in this point. Much more are these statements to give us an increasing confidence in the Lord, to do for us in the future what he has already done for us in the past. Here's how we will see this. There are two observations I want to draw out of in the following verses here we'll see. The first observation being, God will save us from his wrath through his son Christ Jesus. God will save us from his wrath through Christ. There in verse 9, see with me. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Certainly we could say uh, that we have been saved by Christ on the cross, and yes, that would be true and great and right, and even in our passages today we see this. But yet, the anguish of the cross, I don't want to confuse what happens on the cross. The anguish of the cross, though brutal and painful, did not have Christ sweating drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. No, that was not uh, the full reason for which Christ bled in uh, the garden, and yet, uh, not least due to his physical limitations as a man. But rather, the anguish of the cross was the cup of God's wrath that yet Jesus endured for us in love. The blood of Christ that was shed for us on the cross has saved us, past tense, from the wrath of God, but much more he will save us from the future wrath of God. Do you see it? Do you see this understanding of being kept by God? Look with me there in verse 10 if we haven't seen it already. Verse 10 says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we have been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. What God has done for us in the past, he will surely do for us in the future. The blood of Christ that has restored, past tense, God's foes to his friend by the death of his son, because of our friendship in Christ Jesus, we will much more be saved by his future life. This is the emphasis of the passage, that we have been much more saved by his life. 
These two verses 9 and 10 are helping us to see that because God has worked for us in the past, he will most certainly work for us in the future to rescue us from his wrath. God knew what he was buying on the cross. God knew what he was doing whenever he bought you. Whenever he looked upon the span of your life, he knew what he was getting. He knows all the ways that you have fallen short today and he will know what your failures will come tomorrow. And yet even despite all the ways that we continue to fail him, those in Christ Jesus have been saved from the wrath of God, period. Friends, no matter what you are going through in this life, fearing whatever raises its head for you in the weeks to come, have confidence that Christ's love, that God's love, will keep you to the end. This confidence is true here in our passage today, and yet it is all the more true in our passage that we see in Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Now, you don't have to turn there, but let me uh, quickly help you to see this, how we are confident in Christ Jesus for this saving love he has given us. We are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am sure that neither height Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This, Christian, should give you great confidence that what God has done for you in the past, he will most certainly bring to you in the future. As we are thinking about this, let us then remember what God in Christ Jesus is that he is the vessel for which we have been saved. Like Noah in the days of Noah, Noah's ark through the raging waters of God's judgment, Christ will keep us safe in his arm. If the ark is a type of Christ, then Christ himself will keep us through all the raging waters of God's judgment Christ is not pardoning sinners to be saved, but yet he is accomplishing it. He is the vessel. And that's important. That's important for us to see because over and over in our passage, it says that we have been justified by his blood. We have been saved by him. We have been reconciled by him, the death of his son. And lastly, now that we are reconciled, we will be saved by his life. Over and over, it says that Christ has saved us by his life, by his blood. Christ has saved us by himself, by dying for us on the cross. Christ has brought our justification by his blood. Christ has brought reconciliation between believer and God by making peace through his death. Because of the saving power of Christ, and here's the, here's the focus, there's the, the confidence that we have, the people who are in heaven are no more secure in Christ than we are here today. Let me say that for us again if we didn't quite understand this. The people who are in heaven are no more secure in Christ than we are here today, believer. The enduring love of God that has bought you and passed on the cross of Christ will save you to future coming of glory. If Stevie Wonder was to write a song about the glories of Christ's death for sinners, the resounding chorus would be, 
In Christ, we are signed, sealed, and delivered unto the gates of gold. Which brings us to our second observation that we will see in our passage, that we have been saved much more by his life. Our second observation, Christ has saved us by his life. But for many of us, I want to ask the question, have you ever felt disgusted? Have you ever felt disgusted by your failings to sin? Have you ever thought God is ready at any moment to take back his grace from you uh, because you just can't seem to get it right? You can't seem to walk this path that God has so modeled for us in the scripture? Believer, if that's you, be quick to remember the love of God shown to us in Christ Jesus Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has put these words in the Scriptures so that you and I would have confidence that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Christian, there is now no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you trust the Lord to transform you more and more into the image of His Son? Do you trust the Lord to keep you in the end? Do we see there in verse 9? Do you see how the much more works there in verse 9? Look at it there. Much more shall we be saved by his life from the wrath of God. If Christ has done the hard thing by saving, you by, by saving you by his life for sinners, how much more will he not do the easy thing by saving us from the wrath of God? The point of this text is to give us confidence that God will save us finally and fully in the end. And there in verse 10, we see the same thing. Much more, now that we have been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. If Christ laid down his life while you were an enemy, how much more will he give you all things now that you are his friend? This should give us great confidence. Do you see this, Christian? Do you see the unfolding love of God? <clears throat> that through the wrath-satisfying death of Christ and the life given to us in Christ Jesus, we have nothing to fear. Not only has he taken away uh, what we ourselves deserve, but he has given us much more in his own life. Praise God to Christ Jesus who has accomplished salvation for sinners. Praise God in Christ Jesus that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Notice the love of God that endures throughout this passage here. God is the one who is acting toward us in love by sending his son to bear our penalty on the cross. But even more than that, God will be there in the end to welcome his people who have been loved in Christ Jesus. The great plan of God that took place before the foundations of the world has both secured his people and is displaying the love of God to his creation. Securing his love to his people whom he will never let go and whom he will never let fall away. God's enduring love for you is made known through the death of his son and yet fully realized in the promise of our future glory. So let me say this, my hope my hope this morning is to give us a high view of God, that the same God who has shown love to us in the death of Christ is the same love that has been shown to us on that great day of judgment. 
See the promise-keeping love of God again in Romans chapter 8, chapter 8, verse 31. I'll pick it up. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he now not also with him graciously give us all things? How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Notice the extent for which this much more that we have now been given in Christ Jesus. Paul tells us that we, he will graciously give us all things. In Christ Jesus, we have been given all things. Not just some things, but God in, the, in and through the saving work of Christ Jesus will give us all things. Namely, he has given us himself And as we have now been saved by his life, we will much more endure through the grace that he has given to us in our future judgment. Because there will be no judgment for the Christian. There will be no shame, but rather we will be given all things in Christ Jesus. And finally, we come to our third and final point Let us rejoice in the Lord today because of this great joy we've been given. Let us rejoice in the Lord today. Verse 11 tells us this. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Verse 11 stands as the the ending of Paul's argument that he's been working through in chapter 5. As I've said uh, at the beginning of my sermon, Paul is building upon his argument. He's reached his height here in verse 11. We see his words, more than that, telling us that he is building more and more. If verse 6 through 10 is to uh, show us what God has done for us and to show us that he will surely do for us what he has already done for us, then verse 11 is the response to which God uh, has given us, the response, our response that we should give to God for all of the great things that he has done. As we were once in his enemies with God, having been saved by his blood, now we have been given much more in Christ Jesus. We who have been reconciled to God with restored relationships should praise God for what he has done to done for us in and through Jesus. So rejoice, actually. We see this three different times in the passage of chapter 5. Actually used three times, and in verse 2 and 3, both building on the confirmation that we have in Christ. I want to quickly take us there to see this, starting in verse 2. Verse 2, it says, we didn't read it earlier, but as I'll read it today, through him we have also obtained access by faith into grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope for the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. There's two uh, pictures of rejoicing. We rejoice first in our hope, and yet much more, we, we rejoice in our sufferings. But then in our passage today, what I want you to see is in verse 11, we see the fulfillment of God's work in us. We therefore rejoice in God. Meaning what God intended through the whole of the scriptures, God is first and foremost about his glory. He has designed creation. He has designed it for a purpose. And yet, 
Therefore, through the redemptive plan of God, we see his creation restored fully to see and love and delight in the Lord God for all that he has done. Worship then, worship then is this rejoicing that we have in God from what he has done for us. Some of your Bibles might actually use the words exult in God, or maybe some of them maybe use a boast in God. Friends, I want to tell you that all of this boasting, this exalting, this rejoicing is what Christ has done for us so that we might praise him forever and ever. What Paul is getting us to see here is that through the saving and securing grace of God, we are finally able to see him for who he is. And we are able to delight in his whole being. This is the complete restoration of those who have been fallen to sin. If you were to ask yourself, how is my life seeing and delighting and rejoicing in the Lord? What would you say? What would you say in the course of your week of how you are delighting in the goodness that God has given to you in Christ Jesus? What would you say of the the, the delight that you have in your own heart for which Christ has not only saved you in the past, but he will gratefully restore you in future judgment. God's chief end for the world is to bring about glory and honor to his name. He has done this by saving a people to himself who will glorify and enjoy him forever. This is the hope of heaven, Christian that we will be with God in all of his fullness and we will rejoice in the work that the Lord has done. Friends, if your life doesn't look as holy or maybe as joyful as you've once believed it should, know that there is grace through the gospel. Know that there is grace through the gospel and look to the cross for and remember the steadfast love of the Lord who has surely endured with you to the end. But if that's not you, if that's not you in which you have the affection stirred towards Christ Jesus and you have not looked on the goodness for which he has given us in Christ, then ask yourself, what can save me from the wrath of God to come? My hope is today you have seen that it is only through Christ's death on the cross for sinners Uh, like you and like me. So let me leave you with this in this great confidence. Confident in what God has done for us in Christ and yet certain what he will do for us in the future. Philippians 1 helps us to see this. And I want to leave you with this in Philippians. Verse 6 says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of the Lord Jesus. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for all the work that you have done through the saving power of Christ. Lord, would you give us confidence in the Lord to leave here today cherishing and enjoying you much more than when we first entered these doors. Only by the work of the triune God can the people of God say, great is the Lord for the great things that he has done. Lord, help us now sing in worship. Lord, help us to cling to your enduring love. 
when we become tired and weak in our sufferings, Lord, when the day becomes long, when our sin becomes uh, in front of us, Lord, would you be our sure and steady anchor, Lord? Would you give us the endurance love of God that was shown to us in Christ Jesus on the cross? We ask this all in the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.